0: Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Uh, As promised, the second bonus episode for this week. Um, I think we're going to have a few weeks off, and then we'll come back with an all-new season, and it'll be uninterrupted weekly new episodes. Um, If you're interested in checking that out, make sure you find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Uh, You can also find us on Patreon at SCP underscore POD. Uh, in case you're curious, we're SCP underscore POD on every major platform. So Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all SCP underscore POD. So we're easy to find, and you can easily find our other accounts easily, hopefully. Um, but anyways, I'm revamping the Patreon for Season 2. Um taking off some things like postcards uh, in lieu of new things like stickers and mugs and posters and trying to get a new merch store up and running because that's something a lot of you requested on your surveys. But all that and more uh, coming very, very soon, and I'll have news on that closer to launch. But for now, I just want to say this week's episode is sponsored by RLJE Films. Uh, Richard Stanley returns as the director of Color Out of Space, starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, As many of you know, My favorite actor. He was in Mandy, which is an incredible horror movie. Um, If you want to watch Mandy, there's a Shutter ad later in this episode, so stay tuned for that. Uh, And Nicolas Cage. He's amazing. And this movie looks amazing. It's an H.P. Lovecraft story. It looks incredible. I've already bought my tickets. Uh, If you're interested in seeing it on the big screen, you can head to coloroutofspace.com and find the theater nearest you. Again, that's coloroutofspace.com it has Nicolas Cage. I'm so excited. Anyways, uh, enjoy. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item Number SCP 4475 Containment Class Keter Special Containment Procedures Personnel studying SCP SCP-4475 4475 and SCP 4475 1 have been reassigned to Project Galaxias. A cross-disciplinary initiative devised to better understand dairy-based preternatural phenomenon and their relation to sentient life. All Project Galaxia's personnel, including occult dairy practitioners, are to consume 1.5 liters of milk every day as to maintain natural resistance against dairy-based anomalies. As such, the project is to screen a strict lactose tolerance for all prospective research personnel. Information involving human hypothesis via manipulation of milk-based archetypes should be researched and, when possible, suppressed. Description: SCP-4475 is a Class 3 Deific bovine entity with a body length of 40 kilometers, presently located in extrasolar space. SCP-4475 possesses 25 pairs of ungulate forelimbs, ranging from 15 to 40 kilometers in length, and a single large udder of variable diameter with 49 lengthy teats. Mapping initiatives have detected a large internal bladder and five powerful sphincters located at the rear of its body. Within the bladder, a complex metabolic process produces biochemical propellants. This propellant is expelled through one of the five sphincters. Based on the anatomical configuration, Foundation-employed aerospace engineers estimate that velocities upwards of 8,000 miles per second can be achieved in the vacuum of space. Collected Thomic gateway and telemetry data have determined that SCP-4475 is presently located at a distance of 1,344 light-years, give or take 20 light-years. From Earth, SCP-4475 is in orbit around the Trapezium Cluster, a system of five stars orbiting an unregistered supermassive gravitational anomaly. Despite the high level of paratechnology required to directly observe SCP-4475, the Foundation and the Global Occult Coalition became aware of its existence independently. Starting in 2009, at least 5,900 different persons on Earth have undergone physical teleportation into the interior of SCP-4475's mammary glands. Though random in nature, both first-hand eyewitness accounts and audiovisual recordings from the dairy ranchers corroborated the existence of a complex ritual designated SCP-4475-1, capable of triggering the phenomenon. The following process, as compiled by Abducted Dairy Ranchers for Scientific Study, is a baseline for teleportation via SCP-4475-1. 1. Select and secure a cow. 2. Vocalize praise for its existence. 3. Approach the selected cow at a 55-degree angle in the direction of its posterior. 4. Lubricate its two rear quarters, preferably with udder cream. Five. Pull on each teat five times. Following this ritual, immediate disappearance and reemergence inside SCP-4475's udder has occurred in all cases. Recovered Media Video Log Date, December 21st, 2009 Recovery note, the following is the earliest known recording instance of spontaneous teleportation into SCP-4475. Timothy Wickman, person of interest 4475-01, recorded the following on his camcorder and was later discovered incoherent in the middle of a Wisconsin-USA intersection. Witnesses describe him appearing in the middle of the road and regurgitating a large, pink-red biological mass. The only information the tactical response team gleaned from the Wickman was the strong desire to return to the womb. Archivist note, all building architecture inside of SCP-4475 appears to be hewn and bone cartilage tissue. Begin Log The recording displays a large white threshold resembling SCP-4475's bone structure. The audio contains heavy panting, presumably Timothy's. The view cuts to regular bone structure and zooms in. Audiovisual distortion commences. Oh, Lord. Timothy directs the camera at his face. He taps the lens with his forefinger, smudging it, before wiping it away with his shirt.
1: Hey, uh, is, uh, there? Hello?
0: Timothy flips the camera back around and taps on the display screen, shaking the camera. The focused and unfocused view shows off white floor panels and hexagonal edges.
1: Hey, this is Tim and uh I need help. My damn GPS isn't working. Well a no way to show the world you dairy farming, Tim. Stay calm, stay frosty. Remember Tim. Bears are more dangerous than people. Stay put, Tim. Search parties are search parties are on the way. Third rule of scout safety. Here, the forest, ranch, everywhere. Where is everyone? Hello? You know, I'd do anything for a bottle of water.
0: The camera rests on a flat surface. There's a low rhythmic humming and a distant trickle. Scraping sounds approach the camera. Timothy picks up the camera and pans down.
1: All wet.
0: Soft mulching accompanies Timothy's step. The view moves through a large entrance into a tall white edifice with intricate designs and carven surfaces. Timothy approaches a threshold wider than the last.
1: Other entrance. What is this place?
0: Timothy enters into a small white courtyard with similar intricate carvings. Various bovine head and outer statues line the interior walls. Timothy stops in front of a mural adorning the four courtyard wall. Text inscription, identified as indescript, with large font and sanscript and small font, are paired with different pictures. The murals depict 25 entities in a five-by-five formation. Each entity is a nude humanoid, with iridescent full-body tattoos and a malformed serpentine necks. The view blurs, then resolves now focusing on a featureless, placid green face with five intersecting lines on the forehead. What? Timothy moves to the next wall to the right and stops again. The wall depicts thick black smoke and thermoturgical runes. The wall depicts the same group. This time, they migrate into a dark tunnel. Each entity holds baskets on its head, while smaller, serpentine-headed children hug their hips. A single long umbilical cord wraps around each humanoid's shoulder, and the body, terminating inside of the cave. Timothy keeps moving, this time taking little care to review the next inscription. The camera continues to pick the same group in sequential line of images, but with increasing body mutations and rendering distortions. A bony placard reads, only skins and never bone, in it is script and Sanskrit. Rushing liquid dominates the audio. Timothy bolts down a dark tunnel. Footage regains visibility on a cliffside platform. Approximately 30 meters wide, subterranean chambers are below. From a distance, the view zooms in on the nearest chamber. Depictions inside the chamber resolve into focus. Inked murals depict humanoid entities in silhouette. Each entity wears golden armor and ornate bellum bronze. The camera pans up towards the top of the area, capturing a fresco on the ceiling, with depictions of a large feminine bovine figure with statuesque proportions in the center. Sharpening bone growths extend from her abdominal region. Below her abdominal, a bloated and six teats hang. Note: Media is incapable of staying time, day, or recording duration. An unknown period of time has passed. Timothy walks through a tunnel of flesh.
1: She looks like Bessie, doesn't she? My, my cow, I me, mean, back back at the ranch.
0: Camera pans to the left. Visual distortion masks figure. A white vestigial appendage rises slowly from the silhouette, pointing.
1: She's a good girl. I, I know she had, you know, a, a bit of a stereotypical name for a cow and all, but but believe me, she was a sweetheart. My old man got her for me when I turned 16. I've been tending to her for a couple of years now. Uh, say, fella, got any milk? Water? I need some fucking water. I, I've been drinking the wall teeth with their... You don't talk much, do you? Huh? Huh? What the fuck kind of look is on your face, anyway?
0: A white vestigial appendage rises slowly from its silhouette, pointing. The camera pans up. Humanoid entities encased in foreign red flesh hang from the ceiling. A single large umbilical cord connects them at the neck.
1: Uh, I don't understand. Who are they? I mean, you can just... You can just tell me. I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Just tell me.
0: (laughs) Timothy sobs. The camera drops to the floor and rests for several minutes. Timothy picks the camera up. The silhouetted figure is visible at the view's right edge.
1: I, I can't understand you now. No, I, I can understand you now. So, uh, hold on. What, what what do you mean? Two groups. Two, two groups of what? So they... The religious groups, huh? And they're Christians? So, a church and a church, but there's no relation like Baptists and Mormons. No. Uh, wait.
0: The camera jerks downwards. White, fleshy protrusions foam and rise upwards. Bubbles and white smoke emit.
1: Same stars, same eyes, the five.
0: Many layers of adipose fat squeeze out on one another. Grease splatters, and oil slicks onto the camera lens. The camera falls to the ground, pointing up at Timothy. He makes no attempt to retrieve it.
1: I'm thirsty tell me more. I must go back to the
0: beginning. Dark purple mounds of flesh resembling coracle polyps slowly consume Timothy's body. The ceiling swirls towards a single point and widens into a negaped sphincter. It prolapses and slowly ingests Timothy, who exhibits no distress.
1: What's that thing above the center of the ruins? them, Them murals. As below, so above. Mother awaits endless space, a restless peace in the light. And in the dome? What are those? Star maps? The location of Father Orion. From his sword, a cleansing fire to carry Mother and her chosen children to the next world. At the beginning of our time, Mother Bovine quenched her children's thirst. Beware the mother that gives. Beware the children that take. Hathor gave, and gave, until her heat decayed. Great starless darkness left in the womb. The fifth, or heath? The fifth, the heath. The fifth.
0: Timothy screams, and the ceiling closes again, leaving no trace of sphincter or his body. Note. Entity continues to mutter unintelligibly. Its speech degrades into a consonant-heavy language. Thirty minutes later, the recording ceases. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about this week's sponsor, Shudder. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and supernatural movies and shows for just $5.99 a month. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Think of it as a Netflix for horror. Right now, Shudder features Rotten Tomatoes' best movie, One Cut of the Dead, and best horror movie of 2019, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Plus you'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices. Whether that's your iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, or Android devices, Shudder has you covered. Shudder has a unique collection of exclusive and original films and series, horror classics, and blockbusters, including the hit Creepshow TV series produced by Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead, fans of the show may know that I'm in love with Shudder. It is my go-to streaming service if I'm having a night in or hosting a horror watch-a-thon. My personal favorite movie of 2019, Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage, is on Shudder. Also, One Cup of the Dead is equally incredible and a must-watch. And, most importantly, the incredible Creepshow TV series. I grew up with old 80s horror movies, and Creepshow has always been one of my favorites. The new TV show blends cheesy B-horror and comic books with modern concept and crisp new visuals. And I am so, so excited for season two. Uh, I've already watched the first season a few times over, and I think you should too. And you can get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes titles like Tigers Are Not Afraid, One Cut of the Dead, Revenge, and, like I said, the acclaimed Creepshow TV series. Plus, their new exclusive series, The Deadlands, is streaming now. I want to take a moment to tell you a little bit more about this show, because it sounds amazing, and I just watched the first episode, and It's amazing. So, The Deadlands features a slain Maori warrior, Wakunuku Rao, who is sent back to the world of the living to redeem his sins, but the world Waka returns to is ravaged by a breach between that of the living and the dead. And you can follow Waka and his companion, Mehe, as they work to close the rift and restore balance. I'm especially excited about this show because it was produced with special focus on the heritage of the indigenous Maori tribe of New Zealand. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, you can catch new episodes streaming every Thursday. And like I said, the first episode's out now, so watch it. To try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shutter.com and use promo That's Shutter, Shudder.com and use promo code SCP. That's Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com. And use promo code SCP. Land of Honey, Letters Sent by 1 Patrick O'Sullivan, February 27th, 1915. Dear Mother, I am writing to you from a cellar on 155th Street. It borders two places, one named Harlem and another named Washington Heights. I arrived off the steamer from Liverpool to Ellis Island, scurried past the clerks and watchers, and hastily made my way from Jersey to Manhattan. I spent several days trying to find work and rent, settling for housing in a winery with four other migrants. I can say with utmost certainty that Dublin has less Irish than New York. Everywhere I've gone, all, or at least almost all, have looked like me. They are all poor and ragged and running like pigeons to work for bread. The streets here are not paved with gold. In fact, some are not paved at all. At night, they're overrun with rats as thick as dogs. The belching smoke from the chimneys choke the air and make rainy days all the more suffocating. Those shipbrokers and immigration agents lied to me when they told me the vast volumes of gold and all the buildings made of ivory. So did the letters from Maggie. She was nowhere by the docks when I came, and I haven't seen hide nor hair of her since I took lodge beneath the winery. Please, do not send father or uncle here, and do not come here yourself. Not before I have found work, with a decent wage. A poll that I room with said that a nearby factory favored Irishmen over Germans and Italians. I will head there by morning. Greet everyone at home for me. For the time being, tell them that Maggie is safe with me. Signed, P. O'Sullivan. March 19th, 1915 Dear Mother worry for maggie the letter she sent a year ago made no sense exaggerations were never beneath her she always tended to have an eye for whimsy but castles that rise up into the sky stars that shine as bright in the day as at night land of honey whatever she described it was not new york i remember when we were young and we would read the posters and poems and newspapers from father's small print shop She was always frail and soft-spoken. Short fiction and poetry were where she found her true voice, bereft of her stutters, her timidity, her nervous ticks, and her ennui. Though, her thoughts were so often filled with tales of worlds that were seas away from Dublin, rich with all manner of exotic feasts and people and culture. When she came down with an outbreak of typhus, it made her write more feverishly often riding by candlelight into the early morning. By the grace of God, she recovered and had penned a series of stories that grew increasingly incoherent from page to page, an anthology of hectic, angry stars screaming into the night. I remember when you and Father could not make heads or tails of it, and recommended she take a nursing job instead of becoming a writer. Afterwards, I do not know why she took a steamer first to America. Perhaps she saw Lady Liberty on a postcard and her mind went west. I miss her. Yesterday, on my way to work at the factory, I walked past a very young, pale thing that looked exactly like her. The small girl had feathers in her hair and smelled far too clean for the city. She snuck into an alleyway, knocked five times on a handless door, and was allowed in by someone behind it. I noticed men often flocking there by night. Others were women, in groups of no more than fifteen, no less than eight, who went in from time to time, and they often came out bruised or limping. It appears that the degradations of man do not fear our Lord here. It appears that our Lord is blind to the alleyways. Maggie has no place here. I pray for her safety. Quit everyone at home for me, Till the Maggie has found work as a nurse. Signed, P. O'Sullivan. May 12th, 1915 Dear Mother, The summers swelter here. I regret to inform you that I, your son, Patrick O'Sullivan, lack the funds to purchase tickets for all of you. I regret to inform you that I have little time to pursue the whereabouts of your daughter, my sister, Maggie. It is a man's duty to provide, and it is this duty that I feel I have failed in. I have worked long and hard for meager wages. The foreman keeps us busy from dawn till dusk, with little more than $2 per wrought iron sheet. The large Bessemer converters that help process raw ore often cause accidents among the unfocused laborers that neither you nor father will have to see a man's arm melt from mishandled leakage. It is enough to make a man believe in the murmurs of anarchists and the whispers of communists, both of whom demand unionization. At work, I will always take the machines by the window sill. The window is affixed with black iron bars on the exterior, further obfuscated by red brick wall. Between the crevices of two buildings, I see the alleyway, the one I had mentioned previously as if the Lord confronts me and the devil goads me. I can view them as they come out, faceless and blurry, further obfuscated by the old window. They wear street workers' outfits, I shall not speak on the details of such, but some possess these queer feathered wings strapped to their backs. Maybe just the heat or the sweat from my brow, perhaps I may be seeing things, but some seem to drift ever so steadily above the concrete floor. All appear as Maggie does. Perhaps this is divine providence, a sign, or perhaps these images are simply fueled by my regret and frustration. By tomorrow, I will visit that place in the alleyway and knock five times on the door. Greet everyone at home for me. I will find Maggie. P. O'Sullivan.